Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. Hello and welcome back. So today we're going to be talking all about advocating for you or your child's health. And um, it's very difficult to learn how to be an advocate for yourself in a healthcare system that maybe isn't there yet, so to speak. So what do I mean by that? Um, We have a healthcare system that is broken. If you have not yet experienced that, then good chances are good that you maybe haven't needed to branch outside of the conventional health system. But when you have a child who has a diagnosis that's maybe a little bit outside of the box or not well understood by conventional medicine, it's imperative that you learn how to advocate not only for yourself, but for your child in the healthcare setting. And so as a registered nurse with a background in pediatrics of almost 15 years, um, I want to share with you a little bit of how to do that, um, how to also take care of your heart as a parent who's advocating for a child because it can be very draining um, and very emotional when, especially when doors are kind of shut in your face. So I'll tell you a little bit about our experience um, in at learning how to advocate for ourselves. And so we, I would, I would say that we got fairly lucky um, in our healthcare journey with our daughter who was diagnosed with pandas, um, mainly because most children who have pans or pandas, and for those of you that maybe are just tuning in, pandas is pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with strep. So you can go back and listen to some of my previous episodes that dive into a little bit more about what that looks like. Um, but for the sake of this episode, I'm just going to keep it at pandas. Most families that have a child who truly does have pandas, um, meaning a neurological disorder that was triggered by strep, um, typically they have to wait a good two to three years to find a provider that will actually give the diagnosis. And this is extremely saddening given that somewhere around one in every 200 children actually has pandas that's undiagnosed as some other um you know, neurological illness. So they may be diagnosed with oppositional defiance disorder or emotional dysregulation disorder um, or insomnia or generalized anxiety disorder or OCD that was really triggered by a strep infection. So one in 200 children, um, it's estimated, have pans or pandas. And with a rate that high, you would think that you know, most pediatric providers would be seeing this, you know, and diagnosing it on a regular basis. Um, Pandas has been well documented for almost 30 years um, by Dr. Sweeto. You can go look up her information. It's fantastic information. Um, But still, 
very few practitioners, um, medical doctors, um, what have you, will actually make the diagnosis um, because conventional medicine, again, is not really trained in balancing or integrating neurology and immunology. So I want to share with you an experience I had with a provider that I actually used to work with at one of our local hospitals. And um, for some background information, when I was a brand new baby nurse, um, still working night shift, I actually worked um, in the eating disorder clinic or the young adult wing of our hospital where we would have inpatient um, pediatric uh, patients that had um, some form of obsessive compulsive disorder and an eating disorder that was paired with that. And um, this provider, thankfully, has come a long way in her clinical practice and is one of the advocates for uh, pandas in a clinical setting, in a hospital setting. Um, but I decided to reach out to one of my other favorite doctors to work with, um, who her field is really more immunology um, and autoimmune diseases, and pandas is considered an autoimmune disease. So I reached out to her to see if she would be a point of contact in the hospital setting for children that end up being hospitalized with, um, with complications from pandas. And when I reached out to her, you know, I just said, you know, can you tell me a little bit about what you know about pandas? And if a child were to be brought in to the ER with, you know, psychiatric symptoms, um, would, you know, would immunology be looking at that? Um, and I'm thinking in my head, well, it should be immunology because it's triggered by an infection, right? So we want to look at what the infection is that's causing this neurological issue or decline. And she said, no, they would be punted. She didn't use the word punted, but she said they would be sent to neurology. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Why, just out of curiosity, uh, why would they be sent to neurology if it's an immune dysfunction? Um, and she said, well, because it's in impacting their neurology. And I said, okay, so if they get sent to neurology, just hypothetically speaking, I'm just trying to understand how this goes. And neurology decides, well, they're having neurological issues or psychiatric issues because of, you know, immune dysregulation, they would get sent back to you, right? And she said, no, we would send them, you know, basically to some other clinic out of state to treat them. And I'm like, so you, you're telling me that you wouldn't run labs to see if it was strep or Lyme disease or, you know, Epstein-Barr virus or something like that. And she said, no. And no judgment at all on that physician, but this just goes to show you how far behind our medical system actually is in supporting our children and having an integrated approach. And so, um, and so this is the system that we're up against as parents. And, you know, we're up against, you know, the insurance companies, we're up against the medical providers that God bless them, they're doing the best that they can, but just don't have protocols in place to really help families that are struggling and really help them dig into what could be going on with their child's health. So we, I feel, got very lucky in the sense that, you know, Alexis, our oldest, got strep, um, cleared the infection with antibiotics, um, but I noticed about two weeks into that course um, she was neurologically not the same. Her pupils were extremely dilated. They were responsive to light, but still very like activated, um, dilated pupils. For those of you with kids that have pandas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we noticed behavioral and mood changes, rage, meltdowns, etc. 
And I just that had that gut sinking feeling that this is not right. This is not right. So took her to our um, our pediatric naturopath at the time who, you know, just said she had an overactive immune system. And I said, yes, you know, that's what pandas is. You know, what can we do to kind of get the ball rolling and just make sure it's not that like I could be overreacting. Right. Um, and she said, no, 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 it's not that. And just kind of brushed us off and sent us on our way. And I was like, not super thrilled with that, but I thought, you know, maybe I am just bringing my pediatric background into this a little too much and, you know, tried to appease that inner nervousness that was kind of starting to bubble up inside and decided to continue listening to that for, you know, after about another week or so and no continued improvement in her symptoms, um, went to our, um, our pediatrician, a a separate pediatrician that's more of an integrative doctor. And I just said, look, you know, I'm just going to tell you the timeline and I'm not going to give you any, like, I'm not going to try to influence your opinion. I just want you to know the timeline. And he said, you know, this really does sound like, you know, kind of a, uh, an atypical form of pandas where, you know, the classical diagnosis is obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety, but in some children it it represents as oppositional defiance and rage. And I said, okay. So he got us immediately, you know, got the ball rolling on lab testing. Um, you know, of course insurance didn't coverage that, didn't cover that, but um but uh, got the ball rolling on lab testing and got her on some supplementation to help with the brain inflammation. And that really began our journey into, um, into you know, what was a very long healing process. And as a parent, there's nothing worse than knowing that there's something wrong with your child and not being listened to or taken seriously by your provider. So the number one thing that I, I tell women, um, I tell parents who suspect that there's something going on with their child, but maybe don't know yet what it is. And maybe they have family or friends that are saying, oh, they'll just grow out of it. Or, oh, it's just because of your parenting. Or have you tried X, Y, and Z? And of course you've tried all of those things because you wouldn't be here if you hadn't. Um, this is what I would say to you if you're in that position. Don't ignore your God-given instincts. Um, God made you a mom for a reason, and we do have that, you know, uh, that more advanced intuition for a reason. And so with that, we have to begin to advocate for ourselves and say, no, my child deserves better than this, and I'm not going to accept being pushed to the side here. Um, Another example of something that we experience that I know is very, very, very common Um, of children who have neurological or behavioral issues is that we um, got a referral for a neuropsychiatric evaluation, which is basically, basically looking at executive function. So where are their strengths? Where are their deficits? Um, And of course, the outcome of that test would determine, you know, if, if we're looking at autism, if we're looking at um, an anxiety disorder, you know, some other, uh, some other subtype of executive dysfunction and, um, sent the referral got sent to, um, you know, the local pediatric developmental like specialists in the area. There's really only two and they're, they're each about four hours apart. And 
didn't hear back, didn't hear back, didn't hear back. So I call and I say, hey, you know, we really need to get um, in for a neuropsych evaluation. And they said, oh, well, you have to have an evaluation first. And I said, oh, you know, sure, no problem. Can we get in for that? And um, they said, no, because there's no reason to have an evaluation based on her symptoms. And I'm like, what, what are you, we wouldn't be here if that was the case. And so you have to have an evaluation to have an evaluation. <laughs> and it was, you know, six months of beating around the bush before we finally just said, you know what, this is not working for us. We're just going to find somebody privately. Um, you know, we'll pay however we have to pay and get her an unbiased evaluation. And so we ended up finding um, a pediatric uh, psychologist that would do the, that's all she does all day long. She's got about 30 years of experience doing uh, pediatric neuropsych evaluations and um, ended up, you know, we were on a four month wait list, but that was a whole lot better than 18 months because we knew, especially with pandas, that prolonged exposure to inflammation and antibodies attacking the brain was not an option. That was not an option for our child. And so um, got some of the best treatment and the best care that we have experienced throughout this entire process. And so what I would say, you know, to parents listening to this episode um, is that you don't have to take what's given to you. If what's given to you and what's offered to you doesn't feel adequate for your child, it doesn't feel supportive enough for your child, if it feels like you're, you know, getting the scraps when you should be getting a full meal, um, you know, you should be able to leave your doctor's office feeling like your concerns were addressed. Um, the support that you need is either being developed or has been given to you, meaning they're actively working on a protocol or um, doing the research to create a protocol or get, you know, some of that advanced care that you actually need. Um, you should feel that way when you leave a clinical setting. If you're leaving that clinical setting feeling like the door's been slammed in your face, your um, concerns are not taken seriously, um, your child isn't getting the progress that you would expect to see, then it's time to find somebody who will do that for you. Um, and it doesn't mean that you have to be aggressive or mean. I have never been like pushy with any of my providers. I've simply just said, you know, this is what we need to look into. Can you do that? And if they're not willing to do that, then I find somebody who will, because there are practitioners out there that really do and are invested in helping our children, um, succeed. And that may mean piecing together different practitioners, you know, until you can really get the ball rolling on their treatment. But I would just encourage you if you're a parent, um, and you feel like you've been settling for less, you feel like you're not getting the treatment that you need, you feel like your child isn't seeing the progress that you would expect to see, um, or you're just not sure where to go from here, um, to know that there are providers out there and you don't have to settle for the scraps on the table. Um, and, um, and if you need, you know, practical strategies on how to do that for your situation, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at healthywholeathome. Um, and you can send me a DM there. I would love to chat with you and just give you some specific pointers for your situation. The other thing that I want to add to this is that advocacy and when you're constantly having to advocate for your child, um, it feels very exhausting. And that's because you are spending an inordinate amount of effort 
trying, just trying to get people to listen to you and take you seriously for one. And so it's really important that as you're advocating that you are taking care of yourself and that you have a place where you can just receive. And so that may be, you know, a local prayer group, a women's ministry, um, receiving some inner healing, or, you know, even just seeking help with your counselor to make sure that you're getting the support that you need for yourself as you're giving out in all of these different areas. And so that was something that I didn't do soon enough in my process. And I wish that I had afforded myself. Um, I, I wish that I had given myself the time and the energy uh, for that. And finally, I just want to release to you, if you are listening to this message, you know, this um, podcast, and you're in a place where you feel strapped in and finances are tight and um, you feel like you're running into wall after wall after wall, um, that God is a God of resources and he is invested in your child healing and in you getting the healing that you need. And so I just want to release to you open doors and blessing um, where the Lord leads you that, that when you have those conversations with providers and your care team, that doors are going to start opening for you, um, to make that pathway clear that the Lord goes before you to level the mountains and raise up the valleys and that you're not in this alone. So again, if you want some support, um, make sure to head on over to my Instagram page that's geared more towards, um, our children and parenting. And that's at healthy whole at home. And I can't wait to hear from you.